This is what you say in English. Every week, you will listen to Frank's professional advice on speaking for exam preparation or for your personal development. You will get valuable advice on how to use grammar, vocabulary, discourse, and pronunciation. This is Season 2, Episode 39. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I listen to you and give you my professional feedback. Before we start with today's episode and, you know, take you on a guided tour on the wonders of speaking English, I want to remind you about the two courses that I'm organizing for the month of August. If, you, if you're catching up right now, I am organizing two courses, basically, to prepare for the C1 and the C2 exams. A lot of people have asked for information. Some of them have already saved their spots. And I'm here to bring you, remind you about the, the two courses that I am organizing for August. The courses will run from Monday, August the 1st to Friday, August 26th. This will be four full weeks. The classes will take place from Monday to Friday for two hours every day. In the case of the proficiency, it's going to be in the evenings from 5 to 7. This is Madrid time, Central European time. So you have to make the calculations if you're listening from another country, especially if you're in the West, the Western Hemisphere, or if you're the Eastern Hemisphere, you have to make sure that you know the times and that it works for you because it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult to get all the people to agree because I've tried it before and it doesn't work. So you have to make sure that it works for you. The total of the course will be of 40 hours and please make sure that you can adapt to that time. All classes will be recorded and available on demand in a dedicated Google Classroom that I will create specifically for this course. And all the assignments will be put there in that Google Classroom. All the writings will be corrected. Of course, I'm going to include writing feedback and speaking feedback. So the exercises, the assignments will be put there and you will have to, you know, turn in your assignments and, and you will get feedback on them. The course will have a cost of 300 euros. It has to be paid in uh, upfront before the course starts. And that will include the course materials, the full feedback on speaking skills, the, the full feedback on writing skills, and, and I haven't told you this, but I'm planning on introducing a website that will provide me with mock exams. You have no idea how many mock exams this website has, and it's incredible. It's going to be, I can create my classrooms and you will get your login details. You can log in and do your exercises and you can sit a real mock exam online from the comfort of your home. And it's going to be, of course, for the C1, for the C2. In the case of the advanced course, it's going to be the same length. It's going to be from Monday, August the 1st to Friday, August the 26th. And, but that one is going to be in the mornings. It's going to be from 10 to 12. And I hope you can make it. Normally, I, I, I was thinking of doing the C2 in the morning and then the C1 in the evenings. But the thing is that the C2 is a much more sought after 
course and I'm getting a lot of response from that course from that level and of course a lot of people have more time during the evening so I'm really sorry but you know I'm just only one person so I can't be at, at two places at the same time so in any case make sure that you can make it that time okay and all the answers the answer keys will be prov provided so you can keep track of your own homework in case you have doubts you can bring them up to class and i will be happy to give you feedback during class time so you have to be in charge of your own progress in terms of homework and exercises extra exercises that you do and in that case speaking about the classes the classes will be devoted to language development and exam strategy development i will explain to you the rationale behind the exercises how to kind of think the, the same way that the creators of the exams think and, and the whole reason why they create exercises like that and how to tackle every exercise. So I promise that it's going to be a lot of fun. All participants will be required to connect using a laptop or desktop computer. Well, you are free to use a mobile device, a smartphone or tablet, but I'm sorry, but the experience will not be the same. You will need to open several windows and take part in online games while connected to Zoom. And I will, of course, I will use Zoom for these classes. I will use the breakout rooms to encourage pair and group discussion. And of course, it, it will be a great opportunity to, you know, to do a lot of speaking practice. And yes, I'm sorry, but connecting from a phone, it's not going to be productive. You can do it, of course. I'm, I'm not going to tell you do this or do that, but you have to, you know, make sure that you can connect from a from a good a computer or a, de a laptop because it's going to be the experience going to be a lot better. Also, make sure that you have a good PDF reader on your computer or any other device that you can use apart from the computer. I always recommend Acrobat Reader. It's free. You, it's you know the creators of the PDF uh, format basically, and because I will, I'm going to be using formatted PDFs that don't need printing. Basically, they're PDF forms. You you can type in your answers just inside the document. And remember that you, I'm always available. If you have any questions, just send me an email to podcast at languageteaching.es. I'm sure, I'm sure we will have a wonderful time. I'm finishing the course that I started in in January. Two of the people passed. If you heard my podcast last week, two of the people passed. They took the exam and they got the C2 proficiency level, the certificate. So they're just waiting for the for the paper, for the wonderful, beautiful certificate that they will get. And this is your time. I'm sure that I will be able to help you. And I'm sure that we're going to be having a good time. You're going to make new friends and hopefully build friendships that will last a lifetime. As you read in the description, today I'm going to be reacting to a C1 speaking exam, to speaking mock exam. And the two candidates are Luca and Lorenzo. They're, f they're both from Italy. And I think that they're a very good example of how you can still make a pass without giving or producing successful language. In their case, I mean, I'm not, I know that I'm, you know, getting ahead of the their performance, but I'm letting you know from the get-go, from the start, that they had difficulties, basically, in their speaking exam. They 
don't have exactly the level, the C1 level. At moments, for example, they produce brilliant language and they make incredible points whenever they're giving their opinions. But it, it comes down to the way they construct language. Their grammatical resource and the lexical resource needs a little help. And I'm sure that they will be able to improve on their speaking skills when it comes to grammar. Remember that exactly the grammar for speaking, it's not exactly the same as the grammar for writing. And we do use a lot of structures that we might not probably use in speaking. But in any case, you have to make sure that you produce good sentences. And I know that we make a lot of false starts. I'm just uh, getting ahead. I know I'm getting ahead, but don't worry. It will all make sense later. I know that we make a lot of false starts when we speak, but in the case of Lorenzo, for example, he does it a lot and it reduces his fluency and, and affects the way he produces sentences. So I know I'm getting ahead, but let's get started. The first part, remember that it's the interview. It's basically the examiner will ask you personal questions just to make you feel at ease. And it's only two minutes the examiner will not have time to ask you questions, lots of questions. You will probably get minimum two questions, maximum four questions. And it has to be, you know, the same. If one candidate gets three questions, the other candidate will get three questions as well. So let's get started. Good afternoon. My name's Claire Walsh and this is my colleague, Kate Hansford. And your names are? My name is Lorenzo. And I'm Luca. Can I have your mark sheets, please? Thank you. First of all, we'd like to know something about you. Lorenzo, where are you from? I'm from Italy, in Pisa. I live in Pisa. What do you do there? I finished university in November and I graduated in bank and finance. And uh, I'm, I decided to come here to come here because uh, I want to improve my English. So in this case, Lorenzo started and he got two questions. The first question was, where are you from? And he just simply said, I'm from Italy in Pisa. I live in Pisa. And honestly, you don't have to say much about this. I know that you practice and, and I'm, lots of my students love to practice, for example, you know, a wonderful speech about where they're from. But honestly, examiners don't really care much about this. Mm, we ask that question because it's a formality, it's, it's part of the script, and we have to make the question. Then usually the first one, the first candidate will get it, at least at, at C1 level. When it's a lower level, both candidates get the, the same question. But it, you don't have to overextend too much. Basically just say that you're from this place, that's it. If you can say something interesting about that place, yeah, that's fine, but don't overextend. There's no need to extend on that, on that question. In the second question, for example, I would say that he did pretty well. He did make a mistake, for example, when he said, I studied bank and finance. And we normally say banking and finance. But I would say that he did pretty well. And he also corrected himself. For example, he said, and I decided to come to came here. And he corrected, immediately corrected himself, which is, it's good. Definitely. You should be able to correct yourself and you will not be penalized for this. So, so far, Lawrence has started pretty well. Let's continue. Luca, how long have you been studying English? I've been studying English since I was six years old. Oh. What do you enjoy most about studying English? 
is the possibility that uh, English allowed me to interact with different kind of uh, cultures and also uh, nationality. In this case, Luca sounds very confident. I, I think that he feels very comfortable with the, the way he's answering the question. He was asked, for example, how long have you been studying English? And he was very direct. He said, I've been studying English since I was six years old. It's a perfect answer. In the following question, what do you enjoy most about studying English? He gave his opinion. He said, it's the possibility that, you know, I, I think he made a tiny little mistake with the tense. He said, it's the possibility that English allowed me to interact, even though interact is a wonderful word for C with different kinds of cultures and also nationality. So I th let's take a listen to, to what he said. English allowed me to interact with different kinds of uh, cultures and also uh, nationality. So if you heard well, he said allowed me in the past and also nationality. So you have to be careful with the singulars and plurals and also the tenses. In part one, the first thing that examiners will be paying attention to is the pronunciation. Uh, of course, I will pay, pay attention to pronunciation all around the exam, you know, all through the exam. But in part one, it's the best moment in which your control of the tenses will definitely show up. And you have to make sure that you know how to use your tenses pretty well. Okay, so let's continue. Lorenzo, what's your favorite time of the year? Um... not the summer because in Italy it's really hot and I don't like mosquitoes mm -hmm. and the hot humidity the weather is hot and humidity and humid and I prefer the last part of the spring in the May ends of May and the start of June yeah mm -hmm. to go to the sea but without uh, to, the weather too hot yeah I would say that in terms of vocabulary Lorenzo does not attempt at higher, more complicated vocabulary. Actually, he kind of tries to make more complicated sentences, but he loses control at some points. And, and it sounds like a, with pretty basic vocabulary. So he says, for example, he confuses the, the hot heat. And also he cannot pronounce really well humidity. Like when he says hot humidity, it's a weird collocation. In general, the answer was okay. I think it's okay for C1, but the, the way that he uses the language and the way he organizes the answer, I think it's not really that appropriate for the, for the level. In any case, he could have improved this a lot more. And especially at the end, take a listen to what he said at the end. To go to the sea, but without uh, the weather too hot. The last part was the, but without the weather too hot. And that's not the way we say it in English. In English, we would say without the weather being too hot. And actually that would be a wonderful moment in which you can use prepositions and the ing form of the verb after preposition. So it, I think it was a missed opportunity and it just shows the lack of control that he's got. And let's continue. Luca, do you prefer to do nothing in your free time or keep yourself busy? Actually, it depends. Sometimes uh, I like to chill out and just play video games, uh, relax. Other times I like to do some 
do-yourself works, such as build a bird house or something like that. I think that this was a brilliant answer. He started with an actually that he said it depends. He used the word chill out, play video games and relax. He did make a mistake, for example, with do-yourself works. It would, it's, it's not a collocation. We don't say that in English. You can say do-it-yourself DIY task or something, but it's usually DIY. And the collocation build a birdhouse, I think it was good. And he finished with something like that. And this is what we call lexical chunking. Lexical chunking is just when you put words together and they usually work as a unit. So they word as a, a simple expression. Okay, so let's continue. Lorenzo, do you enjoy traveling to other countries? Yes, of course I like traveling. Why? Especially. Uh, because uh, I like to discover the other cultures, especially food, because I like food and I like to try the food of the other country. And I, but at the moment I visited only countries in Europe and I like to go to the USA, for example. Well, in this case, Lorenzo extended the answer, but only after the examiner requested for some extension. And you have to be a little careful with this because it happened only once in this, in this case. But the thing is that you have to avoid the situation in which the examiner is asking why, because that means that the examiner thinks that you're not extending enough. So whenever you say something, you have to think of the why. If not, if you cannot feel that you can extend more, remember that you can always explain why. And that's the, the whole point of part one. You have to extend at least three utterances. I would say between one and two phrases that you mention about something, that would be a good idea. Now, the quality of the answer is okay. I think he gave enough reasons, even though he had, you know, some lack of control. He made a mistake with the like. He said, for example, I like discover instead of I like to discover or I like discovering other cultures. And he also made a mistake with the present perfect. He said, at the moment, I visited only countries instead of I've visited or I have visited. But this is, of course, me getting picky. But at this level, you have to start getting picky about the language that students produce, because it's kind of a trend so far that Lorenzo and Luca, well, more Lorenzo than Luca, show this lack of control when it comes to basic structures. Let's continue. Luca, how do you like to keep, in uh, keep up with what's happening in the news? Well, nowadays uh, I usually use every kind of media, so I, uh, I like to read newspaper, but also find some news on the net, and that's all. I find it funny that Luca finished his answer with that's all. <laughs> I think it's funny. But in this case, don't cut yourself from expressing more ideas. I think, of course, in this part is not a problem. I think the answer was extended enough to make a pass, just to make a pass. We don't have enough language to at least give him a four or a 4.5. I think it's just enough to make a three or a 3.5 in this case. And I think that he could have extended more, of course, but it was enough. 
And you have to be careful of using that that soul when you do the individual part, which is the following part, you know, the picture task, the individual long term. So in this case, I think it, they, they both did well enough, just to, enough to show. But I think generally speaking, I know that we've come to the end of part one. I would say that Luke and Lorenzo could have extended more most of the times and they could have used a wider range of structures. I think there were many missed opportunities in which they could genuinely use more advanced language. They didn't use less common vocabulary. They always used familiar, simple vocabulary. And that is important because the examiner has to needs evidence of good language being produced so they can award more points. Now, this is the end of part one. Now we're moving on to part two. Remember in this part of the exam, you will be provided with some visual input and you have to provide an answer based on that input and you have to answer two questions and you're expected to produce certain kind of language. You have to speculate, you have to hypothesize, you have to use comparative language because you have to compare and contrast two pictures while at the same time you answer two questions. And all of that in one minute. What examiners are looking for here is organization of ideas. So they will be paying attention to certain things. Not only, of course, the language and the vocabulary that you use, but also that you don't only describe the pictures, but you establish the, the similarities and differences between the pictures. And you hypothesize about why the people are doing the things they're doing. Or, for example, if you know, basically answering the questions and the questions are designed. I will come to this later, but the questions are designed specifically for you to produce a certain kind of language that the examiners will be looking for. And in this case, you will hear how they missed great opportunities in which they could have shown great vocabulary. Okay. So let's begin with the examiner. Okay. In this part of the test, I'm going to give each of you three pictures. I'd like you to talk about two of them on your own for about a minute, and also to answer a question briefly about your partner's pictures. Lorenzo, it's your turn first. Here are your pictures. They show people taking part in challenging activities. I'd like you to compare two of the pictures and say why you think the people might have chosen to do challenging activities like these and how much practice they might need to do them well. All right? Yeah. Um, first, I want to speak about the first picture in the top left because it's, I think it's uh, really challenging for the people to reach the top of the mountain. 
and I think it's it's a dangerous activities and um, in comparison to the other picture, for example, the, the, uh, uh, the peaks, uh, people who are running, I think, a marathon in a, in a city, but I think they are not professional athletes. And that's why I think the, um, you have to be professional to, um, to be able to climb a mountain because it's more dangerous and require more uh, training. And otherwise, I like also run, that's why I think uh, these people, um, but um, I think it's not really challenge make a marathon. Yeah, you have to train a lot, but it's also to have fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think he started off well. He started with a comparison between the two pictures. He chose the pictures and he established, for example, what the main difference was, but he didn't actually answer the questions. And this is bad because he missed the opportunity to really showcase the kind of language that the examiner would have expected of him. I think he, he ended up actually by giving his opinion, which is not bad. I mean, it's okay. But remember that you should give your opinion once you have answered the, the two questions in it, regarding the two pictures. I would recommend, and this is the structure that I usually recommend, you begin by describing the similarities of the pictures then you start answering the first question in both pictures at the same time. You th answer the question in the first one and how you see it different from the second picture. Then you move on to the second question and you do some comparing and contrast. And you have to do it like that because if you do it, for example, you take 30 seconds for the first picture and 30 seconds for the second picture. I don't think it's, it's a good strategy to really showcase a wide variety of linkers. And I, I think that, you know, it was a big missed opportunity. I don't think this would have helped Lorenzo much. I think he could have done a much better job in this part. Okay, so let's listen to Luca's reaction. Luca, who do you think would get the greatest satisfaction from the activity? Well, actually, uh, I think that climb the mountain, but also rafting, it's a quite uh, satisfying activity because um, uh, climbing a mountain usually is a lonely activity. It's, it's better, so it's a personal achievement. Um, while uh, instead, uh, rafting is a a matter of coordination and if no, um, if the group is not coordinated you may risk uh, some dangerous uh, uh, situations such as thank you <laughs> thank you can i have the pictures back please now although luca hesitated a little bit i don't think he had a very clear idea about what he wanted to say i think in terms of vocabulary he produced some good language he talked about the sense of achievement it's a personal achievement it's a matter of coordination. He also used some modal verbs like the, if the group is not coordinated, they may risk something. So I think it, the answer, the reaction was okay. He hesitated a little bit, just a little bit. And I think it was just because he didn't have a very clear idea. I think the question caught him a little bit off guard, but I would say that that was a good reaction. It was a good answer. Let's continue. Now, Luca, here are your pictures. 
they show people travelling in different ways. I'd like you to compare two of the pictures and say why the people might have chosen to travel in these ways and how enjoyable their journeys might be. All right? Uh, I chose uh, the two pictures, one regarding the bus and the other one regarding the underway. Uh, the first one, uh, the bus one, uh, I think they may have chosen this kind of method of transport because it's maybe it's the greener one in comparison to uh, everyone using a car and also it's a good way to avoid traffic uh, and congestion. Um, the second one the regarding the under, uh, subway, uh, the un underground, sorry. Um, I think it's quite useful because um, it's another way to travel uh, all around the city and it's quite an efficient way to travel. Mm -hmm. Thank you. In my opinion, I think Luca did just a little bit better than Lorenzo in this part. I think he started off well. He chose one of the two pictures. Well, he said which two pictures he was going to be talking about. He compared the two pictures. Of course, he struggled with the word underground. And Lorenzo did something for which he will be penalized. He held Luca. If you couldn't hear what he said when Lorenzo was struggling to find the word underground, because you can call it in different ways. You can call it a, an underground, for example, generally, I mean, in the UK, they would call it the underground or the tube, you know, that the common, the, the way in which a lot of Londoners call the underground, they would call it the tube. In the case of New York, they would use subway. I would say that Luca was having some problems with the word and then Lorenzo helped him. Take a listen. It was almost like a whisper, but in this case, Lorenzo said underground in as a whisper, basically. And then Luca said, oh, sorry, underground. So that kind of help is not accepted in the exam. And for that reason, Lawrence would be penalized, unfortunately, because in this part, you cannot do this. You can do so in the third part or even the fourth part in which the candidates are expected to interact with each other so they can help each other. You can help the other candidate, but of course, try to avoid as, as much as possible. You can always rephrase what the other person has said, because if you constantly need the help from the other candidate to find the word that you were looking for, that would be interpreted by the examiner as a lack of vocabulary or grammar resource, grammatical resource. So that means that you need support. And that's not good for, for you as a candidate. Okay, so let's continue. Let's listen to Lorenzo's reaction to the pictures. Lorenzo, who do you think might have the easiest journey? I think the, the cyclist had the easiest journey because he doesn't take care of the traffic and he, um, I think he also do a sport. Make, make, I think, yeah, it's the easiest because you can, you know, you can reach, for example, your um, work position, your work uh, place without 
arrive late because you don't have to, to take a bus or a run the ground. Thank you. Can I have the pictures back, please? Thank you. So to end up with this section, I would say that even though Luca gave a good answer, I think he missed quite a few points. I think he missed some of the visual clues that might have given him the opportunity to produce more language. For example, the cyclist had a mask on. He was wearing a mask. And of course, that can lead up to speculate about the pollution while he's cycling. And also, in the subway picture, the underground picture, I think he missed the opportunity to really talk about the number of people on the platform, talking about, for example, the rush hour, peak hours, you know. I think he missed a lot of chances. He did not produce the kind of the high-level language that is expected of candidates at this point. In the case of Lorenzo's reaction and answer, I think it was just enough to make a pass. Remember that at this point, and if you look at the criteria that comes with many of the official books, if you get hold of any of the official Cambridge books, for example, you would be able to read at the end of the book, they have an appendix with the speaking criteria. You will be able to see that at, at, to get a three, for example, you attempt, whether successfully or not, you attempt complex structures and you produce vocabulary, which is beyond everyday vocabulary. So you can also produce less common vocabulary. So I would say that Lorenzo just did enough to make a pass. I don't think it's um, much um, more to really justify a solid four, for example, in this case. So this, is, this was the end of part two. Now we're moving on to part three. In this part of the test, you're given visual prompts as well, but this time you have to discuss with the other person. Now, the thing here is interactive communication. Of course, examiners pay attention to the grammar, everything, you know, grammar, vocabulary, discourse, pronunciation, everything. But I think interactive communication is where you can actually showcase all the strategies that you have to establish conversation. And here you have to do three things. You have to initiate. You have to respond, you have to develop what the other person said. And it's all about the interaction. It's all about how you respect the person's turns, you extend ideas, you paraphrase what the other person said. So you have to listen to the other person intentively, you know, with a lot of intention, showing that you want to expand and widen the scope of the conversation. Okay, so let's get started. Now, I'd like you to talk about something together for about two minutes. Here are some decisions that many people find difficult to make nowadays and a question for you to discuss. First, you have some time to look at the task. Okay, now talk to each other about why 
these decisions might be difficult for people to make nowadays. Before we continue, I would like to comment on something that usually happens, and it happens with people that don't prepare for the exams or haven't done any mock exams in this regard. And it's the time in which the examiner gives you, and it's usually between five and 10 seconds that the examiner will give you to look at the task. You just only look at the task. You are not expected to start the conversation. For a moment, Luca and Lorenzo were going to start, and then the examiner said what she said, you know, like, now you have about this time to, to start answering, okay? So you have to wait for instructions. The examiner will always tell you when it's your turn to speak. So it's always, it happens quite a lot. When I've done, for example, mock exams in my classrooms, I think it's you, the students get nervous and then they start speaking immediately. So the examiner does like a hand gesture signaling the, this time that, no, 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 you have to wait until I tell you to speak. Okay, so it's a little awkward. And it's not a problem. It will not affect your mark or anything like that. But just remember that when the examiner says, now you have some time to look at the task, you only look at the task and think about, try to organize ideas, think about examples that you can use for any of the topics. Okay. So I just wanted to explain this because it's usually something, uh, it, it's usually something that happens, you know? So let's get started. Um, I think where to live is a kind of a problem. It, your decision depends on which kind of lifestyle you want to, to live. Uh, if you live in the countryside, you will have a more relaxed and less polluted lifestyle, in my opinion, and stressful, uh, and less stressful lifestyle. Uh, otherwise, uh, the city center or the city in general, it may offer more services, but it's quite stressful. Yeah, I think also what to study because nowadays there are a lot of unemployment that and I think in the past you um, have you could follow your aspiration without thinking if you uh, get a job after uh, for example graduated be graduated and now but now I think you have to think first if you if there are jobs position and then you think okay I can study this uh, this subject yeah and also, um, yeah, about where to live, yeah, I agree with you, but I think uh, it depends also what job you have, because you can't live in a countryside if you uh, work in a, for example, in a, I don't know, in a company that have their main office in the city center. You can't every day take a, a bus or a, a long trip for reach your job place. Okay. I think that also what to study is that, as you said before, is quite important. But nowadays, too, there is too many options. The choice is so wide that actually can be troublesome, uh, troublesome sometimes to choose, because it's not easy to pick a subject to study and go on, maybe later you will regret your decision if it's not well ponderated. Yeah, there are a lot of faculties. Yeah, you, okay. I would say that in terms of communication and interactive communication, I think this was an effective turn. I think they both respected each other's 
turns to speak, they didn't in interrupt impolitely or anything like that. They didn't dominate the conversation, which is very important. I would say that for interactive communication, I think they would get a really good mark in this regard. In terms of language use and vocabulary use, it's becoming sort of a trend for them to make like tiny little mistakes. I mean, it can probably pick up quite a few mistakes, like especially with a singular plural, you know, the subject verb agreement. I would say that generally they would have this tendency of really keeping the discourse like almost devoid of any markers. They, they use quite a few markers, I would say. And it's, you know, the general tendency. I would say that at this point, they should feel a little more confident about the, what they say. Normally, for a lot of candidates, part three and part four, they get a little more confident with the language. And of course, that helps them round up the mark a little higher. Normally, I would say that m many of my students, when they do part three and almost part four, you would feel that they gain a little more confidence. That parts one and two, they feel a little more stressed out about the things they have to do. So I think they can, because you can, I think you, it's because you can co-construct language with the other person. So you feel that you have this kind of help from the other person. So in terms, generally, I, I would say that they did this part quite successfully. And again, I don't want to get into the details because I would say that you can go back and listen, for example, that you, they have, they make lots of mistakes with the singulars and plurals, for example, like job position and things like that. They have also awkward collocations, it's a couple of, you know, joining to words that sound a little weird. So I would say that generally it, it the language sounds a little bit unnatural, but again, in terms of interactive communication, they I think they did a pretty good job. So let's continue because the second part is the second phase of this part. They have to come up with a decision. Now you have about a minute to decide which decision it's most important for people to get right. I think you have first you have to choose what you want to study because it's the most important because you have to follow your uh, aspiration and then that's why you after you can look at your career if you want to have a good career or you prefer to uh, give a priority a priority to your to build a family and yes i think you have to make a yeah, a decision, a decision between the career and the family. Yes, I think that the, um, the subject you study is important, but actually the career is different because uh, um, you cannot always have the job you like, so uh, you need to be ready to uh, a compromise. Uh, so you have to be flexible. You need to be flexible, exactly, and that's why, uh, in my opinion, you need to prioritize your decision if you want to prioritize as well your family or your job and how much you want you plan to gain so okay thank you can i have the paperback please thank you this was the end of part 3 i would say that in the last part they should have talked about more of the conclusion of the whole task and I think they, what they did was to extend on the same idea that they talked about in the first part. 
So remember that when you do the first part, you have to talk about the different topics. By the way, in their case, they, I think they only talked about two of the points, even though they gave quite a few views on those topics. And then that's fine. Absolutely fine. There's no problem with not really being able to cover all the topics. Remember that this is all about language production, not task completion. So I, th I would say that they gave a range, quite a wide range of uh, views on the, two of the topics. And in the final part, basically they just kept on going, you know, the same idea that they were talking about in the first part. And this is something you need to keep separate. In the first part, you have to talk about the topics and then leave the decision for the end, for the last part. And I think they should have been talking about the consequences of these decisions, of these ideas, not really the important, how important they were. I would say that in, in terms of answering the question, uh, discourse and, and, you know, a grammatical resource and vocabulary, I would say that that's why they missed the opportunity to really, really expand on the view. And, and I would say, yes, that basically they repeated pretty much the same information that they were saying, they were telling each other in part one. So remember that you have to keep both parts very distinct, very separate. Like you can tell when, for example, it's the first phase of this part or the second phase. Okay. So the last part is just the discussion, the three-way discussion in which the examiner will not take part. The examiner will just bounce off the questions like, what do you think? Or what's your opinion? Do you agree? And that sort of thing. So in part four, remember that you have to give opinions about things. So you have to use that kind of language to give opinions, express opinions and agree and disagree with the other person. For this last part, I will just let it go completely. I will not make any interruptions and I will give my views about how they did in this part. So you will just listen to the full part four, no interruptions, and then I will give you my comments. Okay, so let's get started. Lorenzo, do you think young people have to make more decisions now than young people in the past? Uh, I believe now uh, young people have to make uh, maybe the same amount of de decision, but in a different way. And now the the, de the decision are more difficult because, uh, for example, the digitalization or the internet. The, because there are a lot of opportunities more than the past, but. Um, uh, I don't know how to say. Um, uh, Luca, do you yeah, agree? Yeah. Actually, yes, it's quite the same amount, but the context and also uh, the, the uh, job work, um, the job world is different uh, compar in comparison to the one in, uh, for example, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, now there is, uh, you have to be flexible. So. You need to think uh, really well about your uh, future and regarding the most important decision, I think the context is quite 
ever uh, quite uh, a challenge for uh, young people. Yeah, and you have to be prepared to change uh, the job, for example, when you are older. Luca, is it generally better to make decisions alone or in consultation with other people? Well, uh, that's not an easy question. Uh, actually, it depends if you have a family or not. Uh, if you have a family, so a wife or um, some children, uh, you have to think about them. So I think that the best solution in that case, in that scenario, is to have a consultation with them and then Choose what is best for you and for your family. But otherwise, I think that uh, maybe it's just your decision that counts. Lorenzo, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. You have to follow your aspiration. And, but if you have a family, yeah, you have to share the, your information. And you have to make a decision not alone, but with the, with the, after consulting your wife or your family. Lorenzo, some people like to plan their lives carefully and others prefer just to let things happen. What do you think about this? I think, yeah, I prefer to plan my, my life because I usually I plan my goal, my object that I have to reach and after, after that I say, okay, I can go after, I can reach this object and then go on. That's why I don't think that the, uh, the things can happen free. Yeah, that's, I think that yeah, yeah, you have to plan your, your life, your future. Yeah. Luca, what do you think? I partly agree with, with him because sometimes it could happen that an, uh, you had the chance to get a job that otherwise you cannot have, so you should catch it. Sometimes uh, life is not uh, plannable. And that's why, in my opinion, you can try to plan your, your life, but actually there is always this kind of uh, uh, variabil variability in, uh, in life. And you need to be prepared of yeah. in, this, in these scenarios, yeah. Okay, thank you. That is the end of the test. I would say that in general, both candidates, Luca and Lorenzo, talk about the issues and are able to justify their opinion, support their answers. I would say that they also refer to each other's comments, showing that they've listened to uh, each, each other and, you know, that they have understood what the other person said. Also, I would say that in this part, more than the others, they link their ideas to their partner's point with, I would say, a range of techniques to manage the conversation. For example, and this is very interesting, they introduce ideas and follow these up with examples to illustrate their, their point, which tells me, of course, that they listen to each other's response and build on them when it's their turn. They use a range of expressions such as in comparison, otherwise, regarding, they also show a range of vocabulary, and this is a lot better than what they do in previous parts. They use expressions like to be flexible, to give priority to, even though they, they struggle a little bit with the pronunciation of priority, to be ready to compromise, which is, I would, I would say it's a fantastic expression, uh, which are all relevant to our discussion on decision-making that, you know, problems controlling collocations, 
I would say that collocations, just like the, the other parts, was a big issue for them. Prepositions was also a problem. Many instances in which they, they had problems with prepositions. And subject-verb agreement, and this is a constant for them at this point. Uh, they show up quite strongly in this part where they need to think and react quickly. For example, the decision R is a pretty basic mistake. Lorenzo occasionally searches for the best word and gives up. If you remember, the, there was a moment in which the examiner has to basically intervene and ask Luca for an opinion and because Lorenzo finds it hard. However, he could have explained the words and remember that when you don't know what to say, or if you're looking for a word, you can always explain it. You can always say, oh, I don't remember the word, but it's this, the, the, the situation in which you do this, you do that. I would say that as a general piece of advice, and this is for everybody, and actually it's the reason of existence for my podcast, I would tell Lorenzo and Luca to record themselves and listen to the, uh, you know, their own production so they can notice the mistakes that they make. I would say that this is super important. If you really, really want to improve on your speaking skills, you have to be able to let go of that, you know, awkwardness that you feel when, when you speak and when you listen to yourself. But I would say that it's a very good chance to really nail down and really point out, you will become more of a noticer. You can notice the mistakes you make. So I would definitely suggest that they do this. So this is the end of the speaking test. And I hope that you have uh, written down the tips. Remember that you will have on the podcast, the episode description today, you will have the visuals that they used for this part. So we come to the end of today's episode, and I have to apologize for uploading this on a Monday. I usually do it on a Sunday, but I've been quite busy lately. We're getting to the end of the school year. We only have two weeks to go, and I'm swamped. That's a very nice expression. I am swamped with reports. Swamped is S-W-A-M-P-E-D, like a swamp, you know, like in... Louisiana, they have lots of swamps, but you can say that you're swamped with reports. In that case, um, I've had to write reports for all of my students, and I try to be very meticulous about what they do, what they can do, and how they can improve. And they love reading my reports because I, I always try to go the extra mile and really uh, give them insightful comments. But anyway, I mean, I've been super busy. Yesterday was a busy day for me. Uh, I was, you know, I was behind a lot of the things that I needed to do. But, you know, here I am. And it doesn't matter if it's on a Monday, then it is on a Monday. So don't worry about it. You know that I will always try to my best to give you my, my podcast episode weekly. Okay. So thank you. And I apologize for that. So <laughs> I, I, I won't say that it will not happen again, but, you know, <laughs> I would be lying. And I prefer just to be honest. So remember that. Uh, I, I'm also, I, I've also posted the link so you can save your spot. I will organize a meeting before, so we get to know each other before the, the course. It would probably be in, in July, not 
not this month, but probably in July when I have more people signed up for the course, I will hold a Zoom meeting extra charge. I mean, just to, you know, all of us to get to know each other before the course and just to give you a little boost of motivation and to give you a little peace and answer your questions if you have any questions about, and also to listen to your needs and that will help me adapt the course a lot better. And so I can, you know, provide the best service possible. Okay. So I remember that I will put my best, my very best in this course. And I just want your motivation and I just want your dedication to it. Okay. So I can help you get that precious certificate that you're looking for. So thank you very much. And I'm, as always, I'm very happy that you're following my podcast and listening to me. So thank you. Thank you very much. And until next week, bye-bye.